Welcome to the number one podcast, where we give you an authentic look into the world's healthiest, wealthiest, and most inspirational minds. We talk about trending topics, bold ideas, and give you real-world examples that will inspire you to take massive action to become the number one version of yourself. On today's topic, chasing discomfort, chasing discomfort, we're talking about chasing discomfort. Something we've talked about a little bit indirectly, but we're going to talk about it directly today. Uh, Absolutely. A few sub thoughts in there. So what is actually the origination of this? This was really born from something you did recently. That's uh, true. You went on an event, like a men's retreat. I did. Um, and you told me kind of the, one of your primary takeaways was, was why, is, why it's important for people, or really this was focused uh, towards men. But yeah. I think it applies to everybody probably in some way, but yeah, why it's it so important to, to chase discomfort. So you yeah. want to talk a little bit about that, the event, maybe why you went on that uh, event? Yeah, um, 100%. So um, I ended up going on a men's retreat called Rise Up Kings. Um, it was an unreal experience, like something I've never been a part of before. Um, I went, I flew to Dallas, Texas. I wasn't really sure what to expect on this journey. Um, I thought it was just going to be like maybe a class. We were you didn't check the weather, by the way. I did I not check the weather. Story, this man showed up. It was cold. I left. Yeah, kept. I did not check the weather. I ended up leaving with like a t-shirt and shorts, right? Yeah. It was 20 degrees and a t-shirt and shorts is exactly what I wore <laughs> in 20 degree weather. <laughs> so, um, no, it was definitely, it was definitely an experience that like, I can't talk too much about because it's different for every man. And, um, it's something that they have to experience on their own. But yeah. if you are someone who's looking for personal growth, uh, in faith, family, fitness, and finance, this is the event for you. So I'll share some details about that later. Um, but without like turning this into a hype for the event, um, you know, one of the specific things that I learned on this journey was like the importance of chasing discomfort mm. and what that means. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's something to be said for discomfort. Um, you know, comfort, I think is the enemy of the King that lives within each of us. So let's actually, let's define, let's dig in. Um, what is comfort actually? Like, what do we mean by comfort? Is it, is comfort like a good feeling? Is comfort the lack of, of discomfort? Is, is comfort just yeah, I think, staying within the guardrails? Like, what do we actually Well, mean I think comfort that? is different for everyone. Um, you know, it could be binging Netflix. It could be sure. when you get home from work after working your nine to five, mm. you just want to sit home, smoke pot, drink a little bit and just chill. You know, that could be comfort for some people. Uh, for some people, comfort is the absence of the discomfortable conversations. You know, right. some people don't want to have hard conversations. It's avoiding those things they, that you know you need to do. Yeah. So everybody has something that they know they need to do. Right. Everyone has that thing. So really, you know what comfort is in your life. Yeah. Like, it don't, don't, um, and really I bring that up because a lot of people, you know, I think face this challenge where when they try to apply some like mental framework to their life, they end up in this defense mode where they're saying, well, well, I'm not doing that because you didn't, you didn't yeah. specifically call out, you know, these behaviors or this looks oh, like this. It's like, no, you, you know what we mean when we say, uh, you know, comfort, you know, what are the things that you fall back into exactly. as habits? And it could be habits. It could be addictions. Right. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, what happens is like when we are constantly chasing comforts, we're not pursuing our purpose because sure. your purpose does not lie in a position of comfort. Your purpose lies through a lot of difficult things that you have to do in order to get there. Yeah. You nice. know, and so if you are chasing purpose, you're going to have some uncomfortable shit happen. Yeah. You know, if you're talking like spiritually, you know, um, it's like if you're chasing something like the devil's going to throw everything at you yeah. to try to get you to not hit that purpose. Because again, like we've talked about in the past, you know, the opposite of chasing your purpose is to be drifting. Yeah. And a lot of that drifting takes place 
in a position of comfort. Let's apply it in something I think everybody can understand, right? You've had a job for a while and it's something mm-hmm. you and I have both went through. You have a job. Yeah. It's comfortable. It's easy. Nine to five. Get your little uh, check. And you want a new job, right? You just want a better job. Your boss is nice. Yeah. Your coworkers are great. You all go out on the weekends. You have a really comfortable life. Like your entire social circle and, and what you do day to day is based in this current position, but you really don't like the position that you're in, right? And I think this is something that a lot of people face knowing that you want a different job. You don't enjoy the work that you do. It's, it's meaningless to you from a, a, you know, life, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, what, what's, you know, remember the pyramid of needs. I know yeah. where, what, what's at the top there? Self-actualization, right? Yeah. You're not applying yourself in a meaningful way, um, that would impress the child version of yourself. Right. Sure. Uh, so you want a new job and that I think is the type of comfort, uh, that everybody can relate to in, it requires you getting rid of all of these things, right? You're going to have to start a new relationship with the boss uh, that maybe isn't as, you know, buddy-buddy with you. You're going to have to get uh, change your social circle, circle, right? So the people that you go to happy hour with every week, you know, you might not get to see them if you're at a new job in a new side of town. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I think when we think about discomfort, it could be something as simple as getting a new job. It could be something as starting a new fitness regimen, starting, could a, be business. Something, starting a business, yeah. you know, something like the really big, scary stuff, but it also applies to just the small things in our life uh, that well, also make us uh, unhappy and grind us that's down. That's true. And I, I think, you know, to go off a little bit further that, um, you know, sometimes, well, every time, you know, that change comes with discomfort because any type of change does because you get so comfortable in certain routines and if you ever knew, moved into a new apartment or you've ever gotten to a new relationship or you left an old one like yeah. you f- have this weird feeling where it's just uncomfortable right right and sometimes it doesn't feel good <laughs> sometimes it can even come with grief so grief actually is not just when someone passes away it's like any type of change in your life even the act of like moving from high school to college could cause people grief because it's associated with change right so grief is not comfortable Right. And so if you can learn how, you know, oftentimes every time growing up, we were always taught all of us how to acquire things, but we were never taught how to lose things, mm. how to lose things properly. That's big, man. That's, you know? that's a big thought. That's like, a real right there. That's going straight to the ground. <laughs> that, that's so true though, because we, we, and we, people tend to actually protect us from loss. Yeah. I think it goes so far as not only do they not teach us this, they try to hide it from us. So it could be as simple as like your seven-year-old loses a toy. We'll go and replace it. Exactly. So that they don't have to experience this loss. Well, that's one of right? the, that's one of the false beliefs of grief is a lot of people, um, you know, they leave it, they get out of a relationship and they jump right into the next one. Right. And it's called replace the loss. That's yeah. something that people in grief deal with because when they were growing up, they, their dog passed away. Right. What did mom and dad do? Oh, it's okay, baby. We'll get one. you another dog. Right. Yeah. So it's replaced the loss. And instead of taking the time to grieve that loss before moving on to the next one, they just jump into the next one and they never actually dealt with it. So they're carrying baggage with them everywhere. Yeah. And I know that this wasn't really the topic of like, no, this, this is you know, great, but, this is but this is a, it's yeah. a, I think it's a great detour, um, yeah. you know, because again, every uncomfortable situation is going to put you in a position where you have to grow. You have to get better. You have to, you know, change as an individual. And that change is hard. But it's in that change that you push through the discomfort that you end up becoming a better person. Um, you know, one of the things that we had to do on this retreat um, amongst many was um, like, 
I don't even know how much I can talk about to be completely honest, but there was, there was one specific event where we had to do something very, very challenging yeah. in the freezing, freezing cold right. outside. I've been outside for seven hours, freezing in 20 degree weather after leaving Miami, it was 80 that week. Right. Yeah. Mm. And then we go to Texas, I'm freezing. And then I had to do something, you know, um, that involved an ice bath. Yeah. And like, it was just like, I didn't want to do it. And I went yeah. last, I literally went last out of every man there <laughs> because that, I did not want to go that bad. Yeah. And, um, but hey, Testament He's still here. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's, you're, you're here. You but know? you know what I realized through that was the buildup. First of all, it was terrible. Yeah. Doing it was actually not fun at all. Yeah. And, but, and getting out when it's freezing 20 degrees and windy. It wasn't like relief. It was even colder than the ice bath. Right. But yeah. it's like, what I realized was I spent close to maybe 40 minutes leading up to it in mental anxiety and anguish because of how much I did not want to do it. Right. And it was worse leading up to it than actually experiencing it. Yeah. And, and how so, long were you in there? Like three minutes? Yeah, tops, three, probably. four minutes, yeah, right? You, so it ice was, baths, you, know, you never stay in an ice bath for that long. Yeah, it's, so it's it was like, like the actual, it was like, we sometimes we create all these stories in our head because we don't want to go through that uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's on the other side of that uncomfortable situation that some glorious, um, incredible thing happens, something where our business all of a sudden blows up because all we had to do was fire that one employee, but we spent six months dragging our feet because we didn't want to hurt yeah. that person's feelings. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you spend all this time, how many times do we put off or procrastinate on knowing that we have to do something uncomfortable? And then once we do it, we're like, wow, that was great. Like, look at where we're in such a better position now. Yeah. I mean, I firmly believe, and this is one of the things I found in my own life. Uh, and then I try, and really part of the reason I really want to do this podcast is to get people to realize some of the things that I've realized, right? Um, but some things you can only be learned trial by fire, right? Like we all understand that fire is hot, but everybody, literally every human alive has been physically burned, right? You can't tell a child not to touch hot things. They're going to touch it. And then through their own experience, they'll understand yeah. that that's dangerous. And that's the same thing with a lot of what we're talking about today. Like, you know, I think on the flip side of like happiness or self-worth is, you can explain these things to people, but until you've really applied yourself and pushed yourself to your own limits and experienced that pain and then got on the other side of your own limits, then people can have that realization. Yeah. You know, so the best that we can do is try to motivate you and push you to that ledge. But you gotta but go you got, through it. Yeah, you gotta jump you gotta off go the cliff it. at the end of the day. You know, like it 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 really is is that tough people. And if you're someone who's listening or watching videos like this constantly and still haven't taken the leap. You know, I'll say what probably a lot of other people have said is that you just have to do it. You're not going to experience or feel that burn until you've been burned. Right. But I mean, it's in, in a good way, like you physically yeah. have to do this. There's, there's no other way about it. And I think as really animals, if you think of humans as like primal beings, so much of what makes us happy is uh, doing work or doing hard yeah. work or oh. experiencing well, we were, hard we things. We were built right? for work. Yeah. Like you know, the happiest people are pursuing something or doing something, you know, into perpetuity. There isn't like this, this end state, yeah. right? Whether it's, you know, even if they're, they're calm, if their life seems very calm and, you know, unbusy, they probably have, uh, are spending a lot of time doing like mental activities, right? Maybe yeah. it's meditation, um, or they're, they're cultivating something. Right. But that's really where you see people who are truly happy is. Well, that's why there's a lot of people that they're, they're miserable once they retire, like they're cool for like a year. And then they're like, what do I do? Yeah. Cause and they either go back to work part time or they start a business or they do something, you know, but the idea that you're how, how fast do you think your mind and your body will decay if you just stop doing shit? Right. We've never, at no point in your life have you ever not done shit, yeah, right? You gotta do Everyone's like, Oh, I wish I could be a kid again. 
think about your childhood. You'd wake up, sprint to your friend's house, right? You go do shit all day, ride your bike around, come home, and then you pass out. And that was your childhood. It was like doing stuff constantly. Always. It was the happiest, you know, part of our lives. But to get back on topic, because we're way diverging, right? So chasing discomfort, you talked about your experience yeah. in the ice bath. Um, part of, I think that, and one of the other things you actually talked about is preparing for challenges, right? So let's, let's flip that. Let's juxtapose that to what you said, where you spent 40 minutes being anxious about getting in the ice bath when you could have just maybe meditated and calmed yourself. Right. So when yeah. you talk about what are your thoughts on preparing for challenges? Well, that's just, huge. just in general, instead of, you know, facing them. Yeah, that's huge. Well, you unready. know, recently I was in an organized event yeah. where, um, like we had to get in the ring and we had to fight someone. Yeah. And this was another like mental exercise in a retreat where it was meant for self-development and growth. Right. Yeah. And I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge um, proponent of these now. Yeah. But um, you know, I was like, I was at this event and I had to get in the ring and I had to fight someone. Yeah. And leading up to this, like I've got my gloves on and my little helmet and I'm, I'm mad. Right? And I'm like, I'm going to do this. I had every will and desire to win. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm getting ready. I'm hyped. I'm like, there's no way I'm losing. I'm this motivated. There is no way that I'm losing this. Right. And I get in the ring and I get my ass kicked. Yeah. Like bad. Just smoked. Bad. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I hold my own. I kept getting up, but I got knocked down probably six, seven times. It was uh, two, two one minute rounds. So it's really quick, you know, yeah. nothing crazy. But uh, in that short period of time, I got my ass handed to me, right? Yeah. And so what it taught me on the other side of it was there's so many areas of my life where I have every desire to win, every ambition. I'm super motivated. I, I want it. I've got mm. the will to win. But how many times do I show up and lose because I was unprepared? Yeah. If I was a seasoned fighter and I had been preparing for this fight, I would have gotten in the ring and I probably would have, it, it would have turned out a completely different way, right? Yeah. I probably would have won. You at least would have felt differently yeah. about it. And I think this is why actually I think a lot of people quit is, um, they get excited about the new shiny thing, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm gonna go after this. And they jump into it with, you know, that will, the strongest will to win, yeah. completely unprepared, uh, either the game or other people, right? Their opponent hands on their ass, right? They get their ass handed to them. And then uh, what happens to a lot of people is they crater immediately. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm not meant for this. It's like, you just, you just jumped into it. Like exactly. you, need, you need more than excitement and willpower to do a lot of the stuff it's true. that's really hard in life. It, what, it, it takes a lot of preparation, training, Yeah, what hours. people don't see, I mean, think about you with your dancing. Like you, we talked about it before when you, what was the spin or whatever that you were talking about? The uh, I think I was talking about learning halos. Yeah. yeah, so you're doing halos and it's like, how many hours and hours or years of practice and preparation did you have to put in in order to Yeah, I mean, for me, skill? it took a, a long time. So the, I think I talked about probably on the first episode. So that was a move where I actually broke uh, my right ankle. I think I crashed it. Uh, I was actually training with my mentor who's not in frame right now, sitting over here. And, uh, you know, literally just because I'm getting older, my ankle barely hit the ground, broke. And, you know, at that time, I'm not going to lie, like, and I won't spend too much time on this. I was like, damn, like breaking is hard. Like maybe I should stop, you know, yeah. got past that. Don't think that at all. But it's very easy, like, because we're, we're emotional beings. But yeah. like when we experience pain, almost automatic for us to be like, I don't want to do the thing that caused me pain. Right? Exactly. And that's what I was feeling. Uh, but now I'm still, still training, doing them. Um, but it takes years of like practice. a lot of practice. It takes more than just wanting yeah, no, and that's, to do a move it's more than or a get desire. in the ring. It's, yeah. it's hardcore preparation. And that's yeah. the thing is like, you see these people on the TV and they're fighting. 
you don't know how many hours and hours and hours of practice they had to put in in order to dodge that fist or in order to jab or in order to do whatever move they did that knocked that dude out. And you don't know how many times they broke their nose, you know, got their ears busted, you know, did whatever they had to do, popped a rib. You don't know how many things had to happen, how many uncomfortable situations took place to lead up to that, that win or that loss. Right. Right. And so this was a huge lesson for me in how many other areas of my life do I show up in with the desire to win and I fail because I was not prepared. Mm. And there's so many areas in my spiritual life, in my finances, in I make great money, but then I show up and I make a poor investment or I do something or I, I make a dumb decision with it, right? Blow it all. Yeah. Blow it all because I didn't make preparations and say, when you have preparations and you have like a target, again, the talk of drifting, you will not drift or desire or move into desires that are not in alignment with that. I know you so, and I, I want to talk on, on money because that's, I think a lot of people watching this we put a lot of things in the financial aspect, yeah. right? Making money and keeping it, uh, yada, yada. But I think one of the first things that you experience when you first make a lot of money is you just, just you blow, blow it. it on stupid shit. Blow it on stupid oh shit, God, man. man. And why, why is it? Because we did not plan what to do with the money once you got it, yeah, right? You spend all true. this time planning on how to get the money. Mm-hmm. Then nobody's like, yo, now that I've got, now that I got this check, what it, do I it's, do with it's 99%. I don't know a single person actually when they first got their first check who didn't lose most of not all of that. Yeah, shit. it's true. It, I still get a big it's such check. A, it's gone. such a natural Sometimes. like, yeah, man. But uh, no, but, that, but, but that's you're true. not planning what to yeah, do with but, it. But you know yeah. what? You know what it is is because you get a huge check, right? And yeah. then you want to chase some comfort, right? Right? Because you were pr- potentially, you know, like. Uh, certain months when I first got into the business, it's like, I didn't make shit for like six months. And I was right. in a very uncomfortable situation eating ramen or whatever I was eating fast food, Taco Bell. Right. And yeah. like sleeping on a couch. Right. Yeah. And then like the first thing I want to do is go blow it on a nice apartment, do this, do that, do all these things. And uh, it was like, I was chasing comfort. Yeah. And then what happened is I got, I was super comfortable and then I didn't make another huge check for six more months. So yeah. now I'm like stressed out about how the hell am I going to afford where I'm at? Instead of just, if I had, prolonged my short phase of discomfort, I could have been, you know, I could have like gained three years. Yeah. So if you just enjoy the process and really we talk about this bit, but like if you keep chasing discomfort or uh, accepting a reality, you know, there's a lot of ways we can talk about this, not, you know, life inflation, right. Don't buy, you know, cars is a great example. Like there's a ton of cars I could go buy. It's not going to change my life in any meaningful way, guys. Like if I, if I sold my M2, about a Lambo tomorrow. There's not a single thing about my life that would change other than my car maintenance bill would skyrocket. 100%. I'd be doing the same shit. I would just have a nicer car. I know, that, that's I, what a lot of people don't get is like, there's a lot of ways to improve your life in terms of like time, freedom, like food, health, yeah. um, downside risk. I think the real reason to make money is, is security and knowing that there's nothing that can really come at you that's going to like destabilize your life. But on the other side, like I can't get a nicer phone than the iPhone. And that's how a lot of stuff is in life. It's like, there's no way to improve. It is the best phone that there is, you know? So uh, same with cars and, uh, you know, real estate or whatever. It's like, you, you everything has to be very planned and there needs to be a purpose to it because uh, it's infinite. There's yeah. infinite ways to spend money. There's, it's just absolutely infinite. Well, that's what, uh, um, so what I've done now is in my four pillars, faith, finance, fitness, uh, family, I've created 90 day metrics that I have to hit. Yeah. So in 90 days, I have a certain goal and the vision of where I want all four of these pillars to be my relationship with my family, 
um, you know, my financial situation, my investments, mm. uh, property, right. Uh, in my faith, certain things that I want to have, um, and you know, and, and my fitness too. And I have yeah. these targeted goals that I need to hit. And so now I'm coming up with the preparations that I need to do in order to hit that goal. Cause nice. I'm not just going to all of a sudden, for instance, so we went back to the fight thing. Let's go back there for a second. So yeah. I decided that I was going to register for a fight nice. in eight weeks mm-hmm. on March 26th. I decided soon. I'm going to register for a fight I'm gonna and I have it. no experience fighting whatsoever. But my thing is like, if I want to get in the ring and like box around or go to some classes, I'm going to probably do it realistically for two, three days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. And then I'm never going to do it again. I'm going to fall off yeah. because there is no reason why I'm doing it. Again, you skip the one practice and that turns into two yeah, practices. There's no why. And then you never go again. There's no yeah. why, right? There's yeah. no goal. There's no goal. There's no target. So it's like, if I know that in eight weeks I have to fight someone again, yeah. I got to get back in the ring and fight someone. Dude, I'm going to be there three days a week with my personal trainer and two classes a week. And I'm going to be strength training so that I know like there's a, there's something that I have to do. There's a target that I need to hit. Yeah. And this is what I have to do in order to get there. It's going to create new disciplines. And at the end of that fight, whether I win or lose, I will have created disciplines that will carry me the next, hopefully a few years, yeah. you know, if not my lifetime. Yeah. So that's, that's hardcore, thing. man. Yeah. That's hardcore. And it's like, you know, and when I told my parents, they're like, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Like, well, you know, let's, and let's it's like, be realistic here. This is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Dude, but, every, but everything but worth chasing is crazy. It. I support it because, um, I mean, it goes back to even how we started the pod, right? You, you mentioned it, like we talked about it and then I started buying stuff the next day, yeah. right? Otherwise it's going to be here and you could have, there's, there's probably better execution that we could, <laughs> I could have did with the podcast. For sure. Same oh, with everything. the fight, right? Yeah. Like. I went, I got two extra cameras I don't use now because I just started buying stuff. But my goal was to produce a podcast, right? It wasn't to have the right camera, have the right mics, have the right blah, 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 blah. I was like, all right, we need to make a podcast. So I started getting stuff to make a podcast and then we sorted it out later. Same with the fight. However it goes, you know, maybe you do another fight, maybe you don't, whatever. You know, I think that sometimes, right? Uh, that's the best thing you do is like, all right, I'm just going to do this because how long would it take you? Like, how do you determine how long you should wait for your, for your first fight? You know, should it be no 16 idea. weeks? Should it be, you know, that you could get closer to a better answer, but at the end of the day, you just got to pick a time. Uh, but I think you're going to learn a lot faster oh, after going through this process. Well, this is the other thing is I think if you set a time goal on something, you'll, you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah, you have to. Like if you, if I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fight someone in three years. Yeah. I'm going to fuck off for the next six to 12 months. I'm yeah. literally not going to train. I'm going to go to maybe a class or two. Like I have no, there's no there's reason. No pressure. There's no yeah. pressure. There's no reason. And this happens in business too. If I say I'm going to make a million dollars in three years, I'm literally going to screw off for the next six months. Right. Because it's like, it's so far away. You got to think about stuff. I think about this. This is how I think about stuff for myself. Actually, I was like, what if I had to make a million dollars this year? I was going to die. You know? Like that's how I was sitting at my desk. I was thinking about that. I was like, cause I, I really want, I want to make a, a million dollars in the markets this year trading. Yeah. Right. Uh, so not just a million dollars net worth, but like a million liquid, liquid assets. And I was like, what if I had to make a million dollars or someone was going to kill me? What would I do? Right. And when you think about things from that perspective, it completely changes like what I'm doing when I'm sitting at my desk, you know, like if I'm tired, I was like, yo, what if I, if, if I don't make a million dollars, I'm going to die. You know, it yeah. changes 
like that pressure well, dude, is what you need sometimes. That's so why like, it has to be. I'm telling you, if you want anything, it has to be that extreme. Yeah, you got to be, be that be extreme. Bro, insane. how stupid is it for me to hop in a fight with no experience <laughs> in eight weeks? It's the stupidest thing anybody has. shit I've ever heard right? today. <laughs> but do you not think I'm going to train like a maniac for the next eight Yo, weeks? I already know like next week you're going to be like, I'm gonna be you like, like, dog, you're going to box. You know like, what I mean? No. But it's because like if you... And, and it's stupid and nobody will understand. I've told maybe a couple people already and they're yeah. all like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like I would never do that. And that's why you're never going to hop in the ring and you're never going to say that you did this. Yeah. You know, and how many times there, there's so many successful people that are like, you know, I'm doing X, Y, Z and everybody's like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Why would you do that? That's yeah. stupid because it, we've talked about it before. They don't believe that they could do it for themselves or they think it's completely maniacal. Yeah. You, you and can't, uh. You know, obviously, you know, people who are, have done what you're doing, uh, can provide great feedback, but yeah, most people like they can't measure you. They, they don't have, they don't have the yardstick, you know, the yeah. measure, the measure where you're going. It is and, it's impossible. So. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, it does, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like you said, you were just buying equipment for the podcast. It, yeah. it wasn't perfect. And I'm sure no. I'm going to get up there and who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. Nah, right? You got this, bro. You know, it's not going to be you perfect. Got, I'm going to be in the corner, but hey. But dude, um, it, here's the thing. If you're chasing a specific goal that's up here and you just happen to fall over here, you uh -huh. are probably 90% in a better position than everybody else who didn't try. Right. Or who didn't set that far out. And you're going to know, you're going to know a lot about boxing, like in no. this ex, in this eight weeks, having gone through this expedited process than had you just said, uh, I'm just going to start taking boxing classes. Yeah. If you were just taking boxing classes for eight weeks, you'd know a bit about boxing, but going into and like trying to like cram literally physically and mentally as much boxing knowledge into your body and brain in this period, you're going to know a lot more. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's multiple ways you can look at it, but we're looking at it from the perspective of, you know, conquering challenges. Yeah, not where, just, like what other areas in your life can you implement this strategy? Right. Like I, I'm obviously taking it to a pretty extreme level. Like it, sure. it doesn't need to be like that, you know, but no, it needs to be like that. But I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, uh, where else in your life could you show up with some outlandish, unrealistic goal that everybody else thinks is insane. People think you're crazy and people are completely against it and just show up and dominate. Yeah. And whether you win or lose, whether you achieve or fail, you're going to end up in a better position than most. And if you don't, even if you fail and you lose everything, you still tried. And there's going to be massive lessons that you garnered because of that. Yeah, man. You, you don't know. Again, going back to pushing your limits, it's not something you don't understand until you do it. Um, argue with people about this. Uh, and people have even told me that I'm kind of an asshole about this, but I know I'm right. You know, like you can't, uh, um, when I think back to my days as like on the track when I was running and like my, all the days where I ran like my fastest times, right? Yeah. Like, and back then, like I really wanted to go to the Olympics. I came out of high school. I was undefeated in high school. I was, my ego was massive, right? Went to college, started taking some L's, right? Cause I was racing against all the other fastest people in the country. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be, you know, if I look at the mental roller coaster that I went through in college, when I started losing my lack of confidence, um, it wasn't until I got, I started doing well again. Once I started believing I couldn't lose, even though I, okay. even though I could lose. Right. Like, but once I got back into that, like that mindset of like, I'm just going to be faster than these people today. Like, however, yeah. and just, just run as hard as I can. Even if I die, I'm going to run so hard. I might die. And a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people like 
You always take it to die, bro. (laughs) It's because it's the ultimate pressure, right? Um, I think it's something, it's it's an easy mental exercise. It's like, hey, you got to pick up, you got to bench press this weight. Maybe, maybe it's like 10 pounds over your PR. Yeah. Right. The heaviest you've ever benched. I said, you need to do 10 pounds better than your heaviest you've ever benched. I'm going to put a bullet in your head. You think you'd bench it? You'd probably bench it. I guarantee you, you would. It's 10 pounds. Yeah. Right. You would start rationalizing backwards. Like, oh, it's just 10 pounds. If I said, hey you got to bench 10 pounds more than you've ever benched in your life. And I'll buy you ice cream. You'd be like, bro, you know, it, the, the, the risk reward ratio doesn't match. Right. Yeah, so I think when you apply the right pressures, people can start to rationalize into being successful 100%. as opposed to rationing, rationalizing themselves out of being successful, which is what a lot of us do because yeah. we're not applying the right pressures. We go back into comfort where it's like, I don't need to work this hard today. I'll get there later. Exactly. But it's, it's procrastination. Yeah. And the other thing is going back to the track too. It's like, you know, when you are completely fatigued, you are gassed to your end yeah. and you have no more in you. You're, you're really statistically speaking only at 40% capacity. Yeah, man. When you feel like you're going to die and you're about to like, your body's going to give up on you. You're only at 40%. That's you just still your have another brain. 60% in you. That's just your brain. That's one of those things you don't know until you like, I'm no. telling you, man, like there was, day, there was some events where like I ran so hard. Where I was like, I don't even know how I ran that fast. And then you literally like went to sleep. Like I, I cross the line, brain turns off. Your like, brain does turn off. That's man. that's truly like that's, everything in the tank. Like I was just knocked out yeah. dead. And I woke up because somebody was waking me up. Like yeah. you got it. You, everybody in every aspect of your life, you have to find that uh, that limit and, and get into that limit and get through it at least a few times, right? Yeah. Um, because that carries on into everything else, right? Like I don't run anymore. I don't run at all actually because my knees hurt messed up. Um, but that's okay because, uh, really what, what I can do and, you know, whether it's taking an ice bath, getting the ring or whatever it is, you can apply these experience, uh, experiences into other struggles where your brain is sending you that signal of like, Hey, you should stop because this hurts or I don't like this, or I don't know what the outcome is going to be, or, you know, I'm scared of being hurt emotionally and realizing that, um, you're in a mental feedback loop or cycle that's automatic, yeah. right? This is an automatic reaction to this situation instead of a conscious reaction to the situation of saying, hmm, maybe the outcome is going to be different than what I first thought. Maybe I can do this if I do X, wow. Y, or Z, that's big. right? If you get out of that primal state, uh, that primal feedback loop and start applying yourself to the situation, you know, you can be successful or even just do better yeah. than you thought you would. You know, it's not always about winning. It's just about, um, you know, not crashing and burning. That's you know? true. Well, that, that feedback loop actually comes into um, a lot of trauma. Yeah. People that have experienced trauma in any aspect, whether it was when you were young, especially when you were young, but you know, if you've been in a relationship or, yeah. or something happened, you're going to automatically avoid certain people because you have this feedback loop where I've been here before and this is how that's going to go. Yeah. Right. Or you're going to avoid certain situations, certain bosses, certain companies, certain certain aspects in business, certain business partners, because you've had a similar experience in the past where you might've got sold and you got burned or something happened. And then you immediately try to rationalize on the automatic feedback loop, why it's going to happen again. Exactly. And so, you know, it's like, you got to break that. And the only way to break that is again, to get into an uncomfortable situation, you know? And so I like, you know, anatomy, they've got like the ice baths there and they've got, you know, certain things. And then even doing cry or doing something that like is physically uncomfortable. Um, what I learned the most through this past retreat that I went to was I could go into a classroom and I could learn something, right? Mm. 
It might have an impact on me. It might not. I'll probably retain it for like a week or two and then I'll completely forget about it if it's in a classroom style. But if you have something that you learn that is associated with a physical discomfort or physical pain that you had to push through, you will literally remember it forever. Yeah, it gets engraved. It gets in ingrained your in your body. Yeah. And so that's huge. So that was one of the things that was most impactful for me. So if you're going through a challenge, like a change, um, trauma, freaking grief, whatever it is, like you could get through it by, it sounds crazy, putting yourself into more discomfort. Yeah. More discomfort. I love that, man. I think we wrap it on that. Unless you have another thought. This has been a great episode, y'all. I hope you appreciated this. Um, Here are my closing thoughts. Continue to chase discomfort, you know, in all aspects of your life. Uh, big and small. I would even say focus on the small things. I think we often try to change our lives by making these big drastic changes, but uh, it really is the small things. You know, your life, your days, your weeks, and your months are all the result of your daily activities, you know, down to the minute and the hour. Um, So I think about my life. It's useful. You don't have to live your life the way that I live it. I'm just telling you how I live mine and you can take the lessons for yours, but definitely something you should think about and try to apply in some way. Um, would love your feedback down in the comments. Definitely subscribe yep. if you haven't. You're crazy. If you're still watching this long, you owe us a subscribe at this point. 100%. Love and appreciate you. Hit the like button. Share this with two of your friends. Maybe three if you got that many. Andrew, what else? We appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you. If you have any topic ideas, we would love to hear them. Put them in the comments. Send us a DM on Instagram. You can find me at Drew's The Move. Where can they find you? Forrest the Investor. Yep. And you can also follow us on Instagram at the number one podcast in the world. We would love to hear from you. Um, Give us some feedback. We love to hear both criticisms and praise. Um, We would absolutely love that. And uh, any topic ideas, again, we'd be happy to talk about those. If you're interested in being featured as a guest, DM DM us as well. And uh, we'd be happy to have you on the show. Yeah, definitely. If you're in Miami, if you're in the Miami area, you're welcome if you're not in Miami. But if you're in Miami, uh, studio over here is in Midtown. Super easy to get to. We'd love to have you. Chat about anything you like. We can talk about you. We can talk about what you're doing. Um, Yeah. So becoming the number one version of yourself. Appreciate it. Peace.